0: <laughs> what's going on everybody welcome to a another episode of the points in the paint podcast we hope everyone had a great and festive fourth of july i'm
2: ben wittenstein and i am of course and zach badger house always in the house zach you have a good fourth you have a fun fourth i had a uh busy fourth in terms of like cleaning up around the house. July 3rd (laughs) was more so the July 4th.
0: (laughs) Yes. I was up uh, at a lake house. And let me tell you, people on lakes, they love fireworks and they (laughs) love shooting
2: fireworks till midnight. (laughs) Yeah. Let's say you couldn't get no sleep. (laughs) No,
0: they, they love fireworks. It's, it's pretty impressive how many fireworks are shot off at lakes, but uh, all in all fun holiday. It was great to finally see game one of the finals. We have made it to the NBA finals. So that was exciting to see. Um, on Tuesday night but we got a lot to talk about we got the Suns we got oh, the Bucks yeah. we've got Dave King coming on he's the uh, managing editor of Brightside Sun which is SB Nation's Sun's website so we got that going uh, we'll be talking to him which is very exciting yes. Um. so we got a lot to talk about and we appreciate everyone listening especially right now during the finals if you're trying to find out what's going on trying to fi- find analysis whatever you want this is the number one place to do it because we are stadiums we are stadium's number one.
2: Let NBA them know. Let them
0: know. <laughs> the number one podcast for NBA news and reactions on stadiums. Yes. You can follow us on Twitter at points, paint, subscribe, rate, review. We'd love to hear your reaction. We've been getting some uh, ratings. We've been getting some reviews. It's been fun to see people uh, gliving, uh letting us know what they think and everything like that. So we are excited. Uh, but Zach, the NBA finals are here.
2: We've got game underway, one. buddy. Yes.
0: They are underway. Game one done on Tuesday. The suns take that game. So they are up one, nothing in Mm -hmm. the NBA finals, which means uh, they have a 72%. Well, 70, they don't have a 72% chance, but teams that have won game, one of the NBA finals have won the series 72% of the time. So history and the numbers right now are in the sun's favor. And Zach, it was a big reason behind that was because of CP3, 32 points, Devin Booker, 27 points, DeAndre Ayton looking like an absolute stud. Yes, uh, had over 20 points, had over 15 rebounds. He just was one rebound away from getting that 20th rebound. I think Chris Paul took that rebound away from him towards uh, the <laughs> end of the game. So he almost had a 20 rebound game. But, uh, you know, the Suns look good. They they, they they look serious. They look like the well-balanced team that everyone really expected from them coming into this finals. And, uh, you know, they just at this point, even uh, with Giannis, not 100 percent, but he still played. The Suns look like uh, the better
2: team at this point. Ooh, all the way completely, huh? Well, then I got to say this. Despite CP3 going off the way he did, shout out to Cliff Paul. You know, we didn't see no mustache, no none of that. You know, we didn't have <laughs> any injuries or anything of that nature as it relates to Chris Paul. Something minor with the wrist, but that's neither here nor there. 32 points, nine assists. Second half, he just took it to the Bucks. He just flat out took it to them. The mid-range being the three-point shot. And the three-point shot was, was a particular shot that people were really like pleased about when it comes to the well, Chris Paul because he wasn't the guy really shooting those shots. He was more so working the mid-range game. And those switches that we saw throughout the game for him to have the advantages, they got to go back to the drawing board of the Milwaukee Bucks and figure it out because between him and Devin Booker, the mid-range shot being will always and forever live forever and ever. I know how excited you are about oh, that. Oh. Mr. Anti-Analytics
0: over here, just loving the sun's taking all mid-range jumpers. What a
2: jazz that.
0: <laughs>
2: what a Clippers that. Wow. Hello. <laughs> I mean, that's,
0: that, that is CP three's bread and butter. That That's where he is. That's why he's a hall of famer is because of what he can do at the mid range, what he can do passing the ball. But He's been able to get into the mid-range. And like you said, the switching by the Bucs defense, they switched everything, one through five. Mm-hmm. They were switching left and right, and it clearly wasn't working. And it's going to be up to Budenholzer to make the adjustments, which we have said time and time again <laughs> on this very pod. I don't trust Budenholzer to make the correct adjustments, especially mid-series. He did a okay job against the Hawks. Without Giannis, he did a pretty good job yeah, adjusting. I'll, I'll and, and the Hawks without Trey Young, and we could talk all about that series and, and what the Bucks did. But this is up to Budenholzer now. This is the first Finals that he's he's had as a head coach with the Bucks, and he's gonna have to make these adjustments defensively because Chris Paul made Bobby Portis look real dumb defensively. He made exactly, Brooke Lopez exactly. look. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: and and the thing is, is it's very hard to to switch one through five when you're gonna have a big man on someone like a Devin Booker or someone like a Chris Paul who is so good at getting to the rim. So the defenders have to respect the speed and respect the ability to get to the basket, but also have a really good mid range. So I don't know exactly what type of adjustments the bucks need to make at this point. Maybe they need to not be as liberal switching wise, but it clearly was not working in game one.
2: It definitely wasn't working. I hated seeing it every time. Like, come on y'all. Everyone knows when you see this game, what's taking place is not okay. Why is Brooke Lopez checking Chris Paul like three or four possessions in a row off the switch? Stop switching. And then there were even points where, okay, if I even if I can't get my shot being Chris Paul, we definitely got a mismatch down low. Who's ever checking DeAndre Ayton? And that's what, you know, equated to the 22 points and the second chance opportunities that led to nearly 20 rebounds. And so when you see all of that, it's like, if Boone doesn't get his act together in terms of the defensive strategy and him being a defensive minded coach, what people always say and give him cr- so much credit for, if he doesn't step up and and re evaluate that defense, the Bucks are going to be in trouble in this series.
0: Yeah. And the reason that the bucks switching just did not work, it was a huge milestone for the sun's backcourt. And that is our stat of the week.
2: One, two, three.
0: For this week, Zach, and the stat of the week is 59.
1: Wow, 59.
0: That is the total number of points Mm -hmm. that CP3 and Devin Booker combined for, Mm -hmm. and it is the most by any backcourt who were both playing in their first NBA Finals, which I thought was very impressive. That's unique. it's very unique. And a lot of the pairings that they mentioned uh, were a lot of younger guys. And obviously, Book's a younger guy. But you have CP3, the old veteran on the team. This is his first finals. And they were both able to just commandingly score 59 points. And the Bucks had yes. no answer for them with no. that backcourt defense at all.
2: Drew Holiday, where were you, man? And Ooh. it's like, and then it's like, Ben, you got to pick a struggle, man. Which which side of the ball are you going to show up on, defense or offense? Because game one, it was neither. I can, I can handle you stepping up defensively and stopping someone and then your offense being limited. I can deal with that. But if you can't show up offensively or defensively, if you're Drew Holiday, the Bucs are not going to have any chance. Ten points is not going to cut it. You can't have the same amount of points as Cameron Payne. I'm no. sorry. You're starting yeah. this league. You can't have that type of uh, production if you're Drew Holiday. And I, you know, I like what Chris Middleton did. He stepped up. You know, we obviously see that he's not a hundred percent. We saw a hundred percent flashes from Giannis, but I don't think he is a hundred percent. Like if you bend your leg the way that he did and come back a week and a half later, I gotta give Giannis Anscupo a lot of credit for even coming out there and putting his body on the line to even, you know, Put him, put his team in position to win, the, to be in the game, to try to even yeah. be in the game, to win the game. You know, they they were in the game at a point in time. The game was tied, and then like midway through the second or midway through the third quarter, it kind of just got out of hand. It was, uh Phoenix Suns went on a run.
0: Yeah, and you have to give it the props to Giannis. Twenty points, seventeen rebounds, and a week ago, people did not really think he was going to even make it through the rest of the season because yes. of hyperextended legs. So. I mean, for him to come back, for him to do what he did, he obviously added to that Bucks offense and they needed him more. And on that Drew Holiday point, they need Drew Holiday to be more aggressive. They can't have him just be another Eric Bledsoe. And yeah. that was a big problem with them getting to the finals in the first place is they couldn't find that third player to really put them over the edge because you knew Giannis is going to show up. You know, Middleton will probably show up at least a little bit defensively and then maybe score his, hopefully, you know, 15 to 20 points. In a night. He had 29 in game one. So they got the production out of him. Now you need Drew Holiday to step up. You need his defense, first and foremost. You need him to play the type of defense that people expect him to play, an all-defensive type of player. But he needs to score more than 10 points. I mean, he needs to be a guy that shoots better. (laughs) He needs to shoot better. He needs to be more aggressive on the offensive side of the ball. He can't just be another Eric Bledsoe who just fails to show up in times when the Bucks need him.
2: Exactly. And so when you look at it, if you're Drew Holiday, what are you going to change? going in the game too right you're going to apply that same pressure on the offensive side that you do defensively and not switch if anybody comes up to set a screen you better stay stay on chris ball yeah. stay on devin booker whichever one is the ball handler at the particular time you have to stay and commit to the oh, ball through hand- it have to exactly
0: yeah, I, I was very surprised that uh, they weren't trying that, and maybe they'll we'll see a completely different defensive strategy in game two because it clearly didn't work. And I, I still think this could be a fun series. I still think the Bucks have a shot to win a couple games, but man, the Suns are just so deep. They're so good. They have they have such a well balanced team. And when you're led by a veteran with like CP3 who has that leadership capability yep. and who rubs off on Devin Booker and the way he plays and who gives DeAndre Ayton so much confidence on the offensive side. And they work well in the pick and roll together. That's a hard team to beat. And, I, and it's going to take a couple defensive strategies, not just one where they just switch everything. They're <laughs> going to have to figure out what works defensively.
2: They are. And what's our question and, of the week? I like this.
0: All right. So we have a question of the week, maybe a new segment. We'll see how this works. And, and right. we're going
2: to try it out this week. Bueller,
0: Bueller, Bueller bueller here's the question of the week zach from what we saw in game one mm-hmm. from how well the phoenix suns played mm-hmm. and how okay the the milwaukee bucks played do you think this will be a close series are the bucks going to able to make this a series are they going to be able to do that or are the sun's going to be able to run away with it are we gonna like the meme says Is it gonna be suns and four or are we gonna see a close
2: series from these two teams you know what ben I have yet to even pick a winner of this series because I felt like it's just too difficult to really pick. I like the players that are on the Phoenix Suns roster. Everybody knows how I feel about Giannis. Gets 28 points and everybody's hollering and yelling how he hasn't had any offensive moves whatsoever, but still goes out there and be as productive as he possibly can. So I appreciate both sides. And so it's just so hard for me to choose a winner for the NBA championship Being, I'm I'm I've been struggling. It's been like a week since we've known which teams are going to be in the NBA finals. I still have yet to make a decision until now. So, if I'm going to make a decision right now Ooh. on Points in the Paint podcast, I'm going to go with Bucks in 7. No. Bucks in the, 7. Bucks in 7. Giannis finds a way. Chris Paul unfortunately doesn't win a championship. However, no if it happens, I'll still be happy. I'll still be happy if Chris Paul wins. Yeah. But I got if I got if I got to pick a side, I'm gonna go with the young boy with Giannis Antetokounmpo.
0: Wow. Even at that's I'm surprised that you don't have the Suns winning because I I would I don't even know if I would say Suns in seven. I, I would say Suns in ah, at, at most six. <laughs> and the thing is, I'm very confident in the Suns, and I'm the complete opposite with the Bucks. Even mm-hmm. if Giannis is healthy. It's up to Budenholzer to make the adjustments. And you and I have talked at length, ad nauseum, (laughs) about Coach Mike Budenholzer and his ability to make adjustments, his ability to read his opponent and make the adjustments necessary. Now, maybe the fact that he's finally in the finals is a testament to him improving as a coach, but, you know, they got a little bit lucky with the Hawks and and Trey Young going down with an injury. Um, And I know they didn't have Giannis, and, and I think that's a testament to Budenholzer's coaching. They were able to win that series even without Giannis for the last couple of games. But my Williams is I mean, the guy has shown that he can be a really good coach. And and you really have, you know, one and a half coaches that you have to play against because you're playing against my <laughs> you're playing against Chris Paul. Yeah. And and the guy is is a walking basketball genius. So that in and itself, the Bucks are going uphill at that point. I don't know how much I trust Budenholzer to really counteract that by himself. And and the Bucks being without a, a leader like they don't really have a vocal leader like Chris Paul and the Suns. Giannis will speak up sometimes, but he's not known as a vocal leader. He's not the guy who's going to start yelling at his teammates to do things. He And he has said that he's the guy that just likes to be passive and Least let his teammates example, figure it yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. And you're not going to get that from Middleton. You're not really going to get that from Drew Holiday. I mean, they don't, they don't have that vocal leader who a lot maybe of teams, need. Maybe. <laughs> like, maybe, maybe PJ Tucker. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tucker. I mean, you kind of want the leader to be a guy who can score in, or, you know, the right. 50, <laughs> 20 point area. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I think that's going to be a big issue for them is that they don't have that vocal leader uh, to help them in, in a very tough situation. That is the NBA finals and is, is a long series that the finals is going to be. So I, I think it'll be a close series to answer the question. I do think it'll be a close series, but I don't I, I the Bucks in seven is it's bold and I respect it <laughs> I respect because if they if they pull it off, you're going to look like a genius. genius. But it's uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely bold. It's definitely bold. Um, the other thing I want to mention, which definitely could help the Bucks, is Dario Saric. Uh, unfortunately, and it's this is just a whole yeah, line of injuries happening in the NBA. But he he tore his ACL, and that's according uh, to the team. So he's definitely a big loss because he's a big role player for the team. Um, and Frank they're the gonna have to figure out how to game plan without him, and 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 figure out how to play small ball uh, if they have to play small ball without Dario Saric.
2: Yeah, Frank the Tank, Frank Kaminsky, next man up. Looks like he's yeah. going to be earning some earning some minutes here in this NBA Finals. And so that's what you look to see from the Phoenix Suns is, you know, a, another body out there, you know, in uh, substitute for the guy who got injured, which is unfortunate, Dario Sarge, Sarge, Uh Sorry, excuse me. But my whole thing is when it happened, it was like another one. Yeah. Felt like DJ Khaled, man. Another one. Like, yeah. it was just so tough being to constantly see these guys go down and I told someone the other day, we're not supposed to be playing basketball in July unless it's the Olympics or FIBA. So mm-hmm. like a lot, so a lot of guys probably aren't even their bodies aren't even used to you know being on the floor at this particular time, you know. So, you know, it's a struggle. You know, I pray for his speedy recovery, you know, Dario's, but it is a tough break.
0: Yeah. So we'll we'll have to see how the Suns react to that one to see how the game plan now without Sarge because they they obviously need him and and he's been a big cog in the wheel that is a very balanced Phoenix Suns team and that's the thing with the team with with the Suns is they're not you know they're not known for being great at one particular thing really yeah. they're just really good at with all aspects defensively offensive scheming they've got a good amount of scores they can go to and they're you know defensively they can be really really good so they are just a balanced team and when you lose the guy that helps you be balanced on both ends of the floor. That can be tough. And yes. and that could help the bucks get a leg up. If Giannis can be a hundred percent healthy. And I, I don't know if he'll be hundred percent healthy. I don't know if it's possible for him to do that, but now that he has his first game in the finals under his belt, he's able to kind of get back in the rhythm of things. We might see a bounce back game. And you know how I feel about the bucks bounce back oh, games. They yeah. love to do it.
2: They
0: <laughs> love, love, love the bounce back games. So, it might be a Bucks bounce back game, game two, or if we if they lose game two, game three at home, I, I wouldn't I, I would love the Bucs in that spot. First final yes. games at home in Milwaukee. The Deer District's gonna be going absolutely crazy. The beer is gonna be flowing. It's that's gonna be a fun environment to see. So and, and you put this here. I mean, it's gonna be an entertaining finals. And and hopefully yeah. people watch. Hopefully they get the ratings. But people who aren't gonna watch, they're just gonna miss out because there's a coach. lot of fun storylines, a lot of fun players.
2: It's gonna be great. Devin Booker is becoming a star in this league. Oh at yeah. 24, 25. I know people be comparing him to like Kobe Bryant and everything, but you know that's obviously a just a a, a testament to his work ethic and his game. And you know that may be a, a stretch to compare him to the Bean, but you know that's that's his you know that's his guy. It's his favorite player growing up. Be legendary. We all know where that comes from. He got a it. Tatted, yeah. You know Devin Booker, and so. I'm rooting for the, I'm rooting for him. I know I picked the Bucks, but I'm still rooting for these guys. It's yeah. so, it's hard to root against Devin Booker. It's hard to root against Paul. Chris Paul. It's and that, hard yeah. to root against DA, you know, DeAndre Ayton. That's my guy.
0: Yeah. And I was having this conversation with a friend earlier this week about how I would love the Suns to win. I'm rooting for the Suns. I think it would be fun to see CP3 get yeah. his first ring and Booker and Ayton and all those guys, but I'm not going to be mad if the Bucks win. You know, it's, It's like a win-win. Like I'm fine. It's great to see the Suns win, but it would also be really cool to see Giannis get that
2: ring and to see the whole Bucks team get that ring. only chance. That's why I'm kind of really rolling with Giannis. I feel like this might be his only. I know this probably is Paul's last opportunity, but I honestly feel like Giannis is unless Giannis does something wild and ends up on like a super team or something with his mentality. I feel like this is the only opportunity. Giannis has to win a championship all the injuries that happen in the east for them to get there I know you got to play whoever's in front of you same thing on the other side if you're the Phoenix Suns but I feel like this is the only opportunity for them man for Giannis I feel like this is this is it well I don't say this is it but this is the the best opportunity he's gonna have to win yeah. a championship right now
0: they were Kevin Durant shoe size away from not even hear, being here. And they're gonna they're gonna have to face the Nets again next year, and it's gonna be a Nets team that had a full offseason to to get used to each other, get fully healthy. So that that'll be uh this this may be one of his I don't want to say his last chance I I don't because he's so young and that team can still stay together for a bit, but Chris Paul probably one of that his would, if yeah, not the last not chance close, <laughs> unless he goes off to the Knicks like everyone thinks he's gonna go off to the Knicks. <laughs> All right, Zach, let's make some people some money. Yeah. Betting the betting Seems the NBA change. Finals. What, uh, I mean, we have the lines out, of course, mm-hmm. uh, for, for game two of the NBA Finals. Um, and we know that Giannis, uh, otherwise, if we're being told, but Giannis is is supposed to play in game two. Um, it's it's minus five and a half in favor of the Suns for game two. Total at 29, uh, 219 and a half. Total went over in the last game. i surprised. Uh, what are, when you're betting finals games like these, what what are you looking for? Are you looking for props? Are you looking to take sides? Uh, first half, first quarter. What what are some stuff that you're looking for 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 game two and for games three, four, five, however it may go? What what type of things do you look for in things like this?
2: I know a team that's done very well in the first half of this postseason. Hmm. That being the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix oh. Suns. Have- very well in the first half okay. of this postseason so far, and so and they they won the first half yesterday. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and so you know I would I would take that bet at least for the first half if you're the Phoenix, if you're a be- good better you're a serious better out there I'd roll with Phoenix in the first half uh, for Game Two most definitely whatever the uh, spread's gonna be.
0: Yeah, their first half they are at home first half against the spread. The Suns are 24 and 12. See. That's
2: fair. 24 and 12.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> they are they they are a a really good team at home first half. So I like that. If you're looking, if you don't like the five and a half, or if you think the Bucks are gonna maybe even make a comeback in the second half, you go first half. You go maybe spread. You go Phoenix Suns minus three. Their money line a little high, a little juiced at minus 170. But if you're feeling confident, you maybe do B- Suns first half. You maybe can parlay it with something else. Because at know. minus 170 say that, what, in a parlay, say very that, what, valuable. And I don't recommend par. Listen, I don't recommend parlays to anyone. No one should ever parlay in the history of betting. Never, ever, ever. Don't but the guy on the other side of the don't mic from me, <laughs> this one Zach Badgerhouse, the man does only parlays. So you, that's all you to recommend the <laughs> Suns first half money line parlaying with something else.
2: Oh yeah, you could definitely do that. You can go out on a limb and do Aiden double double with Suns first half. I guarantee you, I, that's a guarantee. What guarantee? Oh I, no, that's a guarantee bet right oh, there. Oh boy. But, also, I'll say this too, Ben. Unders are something that's hitting pretty common. I've noticed that lately. A lot of guys been going out and putting a little three four team parlays with unders. Guys get under three threes or under four threes and things like that. and they've been they've been successful. So those are some bets I'll also pay attention to if I'm a serious better out there,
0: yeah, I honestly, I like the under for game two. and we saw game one go two twenty three, I believe um uh, with one eighteen one oh five. Um, if my math is correct, which usually it isn't, but I believe that, that that's 223. Uh, so it went over uh, the 219, 218 and a half, depending on where it closed. It went over in game one. I like the under in game two. Um, I, I think both these teams, the Bucks are going to make adjustments defensively. Um, and the Suns do have history, especially when we see them in these playoff series. They just have games where they can't hit threes or they have games where they struggle getting the ball up. And we saw that in their last series that they had uh, with the Clippers. So there was, you know, that end of, Oh, what was it? Game five or game six, where they, no one scored a basket for, yeah. for five minutes, you know, yeah, I, and that'll happen. Scoring yeah. And that was partially because of the sun's defense. I mean, tremendous defensive team, but they could also have their, uh, have their droughts. So I like the underplay on this at two nineteen and a half. and a half. Um, I like the underplay continuously as the series goes on, because especially if the series gets closer, these games are going to tighten up. The pace is going to slow down a little bit. So I think unders at this point are, are a good way to go that deandre in double double i like it come on now. A <laughs> yeah, and there's really no one there's no one on the box that are going to be able to stop him from getting rebounds
2: brook lopez, lopez is probably going to be somewhere out on the perimeter
0: Yep, <laughs> he's going to be out the three point line hanging out there um and i <laughs> i did bet the brook lopez under 21 and a half points rebounds assists game one and he went over because of course he did and he had a Brooke Lopez game of just going off points wise. He was getting rebounds. There was one point he got three rebounds because it was three tips. He tipped them to himself two times and they counted as three rebounds. <laughs> so that, that really hurt. That didn't feel good. Um, so I'm out, I'm out on the, the fade Brooke Lopez mentality. <laughs> I think that's a bad idea. Um, but I, I do think the DeAndre and player props good. I, I really don't think you can go wrong with the Chris Paul player props at this point. I mean, the man, playing his first finals as a favorite. The, the guy's going to continue to go off, I think. Yes. I, I don't see how he couldn't at this point. Um, anything else? Oh, there was, if you want to even look ahead towards next season, Zach, just hey, a little, little peek. Fact. Just a, tan, a tiny little peek, tiny little peek. We have the uh, Nets as the preseason, favorite. pre-preseason <laughs> favorites to win the title next season. Plus 210. You taking Ooh, that?
2: That's that's a heavy favorite because the next one's what? Like plus 800?
0: Uh, yes. The next one is what the Lakers, I believe the Lakers plus, I think the Lakers were like plus 400 plus 500, something like that. And then you have oh. the Bucks and Clippers oh, tied at plus 800. Okay. And then the Suns all the way. I think they're the sixth favorite at this point at, In the uh, final.
2: Yeah. And they're not even top five for being favorite. Nope. Vegas, Because the what are y'all is,
0: <laughs> is Chris Paul going to be on the team next year? That's true. Who's to say at this point, we're not sure he, he right. could be going to New York. That's you true. play the Stephen A. Smith line and say he's going to go to the next next season, but uh, yeah, they are 14 to one to win the title next year. Um, are the Suns so? It's just something to think about. Next year's lines already out, and that season is going to start what August, September, October in about three months anyway. Yes. So not a long off season. Mm-hmm. Not a long off season. All right, let's go to our interview. Dave King, the managing editor of the Bright Side Sun. He is one of the three others on the Sun's Solar Panel podcast. Yes. So let's go to that interview.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, we want to welcome a special guest for the NBA Finals all the way from the Valley. He is the managing editor of SB Nation's Bright Side Sun, covering everything Phoenix Suns and one-third of the Sun Solar Panel Podcast. We want to welcome Dave King. Appreciate you coming on for the NBA Finals.
1: Man, hey, I appreciate being in the NBA Finals and having a team (laughs) after a 10-year playoff drought, all of a sudden going all the way to the Finals. This is pretty awesome, so I'm happy to talk about it.
2: All right, perfect, because you know, the Phoenix Suns, they have not been in the NBA Finals since I was about five or six months old. So that's going all the way back to nineteen ninety-three.
1: I was gonna I was gonna ask so, about that. Yeah. And <laughs> over here was not, I don't know, were you alive? No,
0: I was I was not even a person <laughs> at that point.
2: <laughs> so oh, it's man. been quite some time. So over yeah. the past, I don't know, five years. Talk about how they the Phoenix Suns have gotten to this point.
1: Ah, uh, your guess is as good as mine. No, seriously. Uh, the, until, I mean, all the way up through two years ago, this mm-hmm. team was second worst in the league. Second worst in the league, even after the year after taking DeAndre Ayton, number one overall, and Mikel Bridges, number 10 overall, having a core that included a prior number four overall, and a, another prior number four overall, and Devin Booker, the lowest rated, you know, the lowest drafted one of the whole group and they still just won 19 games just two years ago uh, but then they brought in uh james jones as a permanent gm they brought in monty williams as their as their as a full real head coach i mean the the Suns went through some iterations of not real head coaches for a while and then the, you know monty williams actually is a real head coach um and all of a sudden, they play with a lot more purpose. Uh, James Jones brought in guys who knew how to play basketball. The prior GM, Ryan McDonough, who is getting a lot of credit in the past few weeks for having built the core of the Suns. Wow. And yet he's been doing all kinds of interviews um, saying, yep, I, I was hoping this would happen. This was my plan. Somebody else like, like Ed Hinkie before him, somebody else took it, or Sam Hinkie before him, took it, somebody else took over the team and finished him off. No, we can't give Ryan McDonough very much credit. We really cannot. Devin Booker was like he was all that was left of the of the best players in that draft. In fact, that year, Ryan McDonough wanted Frank Kaminsky. Wow. So let's not give oh, him wow. credit for <laughs> Devin Booker. And Then the next <laughs> and then he takes Dragan Bender, Marquise Chris, Josh Jackson, and uh, and then finally gets the number one overall pick. And. They selected DeAndre Ayton, who, look, man, I'm a DeAndre Ayton fan. Me too. I love DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> I think he was a valid number one pick in that he is the kind of guy you could do exactly what they're doing today with, which is he can do both ends. He can play defense. He can play offense. Nobody else in the league, almost nobody, is as talented as this dude. That's what you take as a number one pick. Luca, of course, is awesome. Trey Young, yeah. of course, is awesome any of those three guys would be great on this team. They would have built a different team if those three guy, any of those three guys have been drafted. But they didn't. They drafted DeAndre Aiden. That's a good pick. But at the time, Aiden was completely raw and work ethic was not ready for the NBA. And so Ryan McDonough is trying to take credit for that, Then he left, it just burned down the entire thing and left. <laughs> James Jones gets credit for this team. James Jones is the guy who said, you know what, let's put real NBA players around these dudes. Let's keep the good ones. <laughs> the ones with the highest potential, the ones with the best work ethic, the ones who listen the best and want to be the best that are on this, in this organization. And let's just turn, change out all the rest of them to real NBA players who knew how to play. When he signed, what he did was that first summer, and I'm sorry, I'm just really just rambling right now. Is it okay? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, it's, a,
0: it's a pretty special history that they have, so it's, yeah, well, it's
1: important to know where they came he, from. He, cleared, he cleaned house. So James Jones inherited a roster full of 24 and unders, who very few of them you, can't put them. you can't put that many people together on one team that are 24 and under that don't know how to play. Almost none of them have played more than a year of college. So you just can't do that and win. So James Jones said, I'll pick my three favorites. I'm going to trade everybody else. But what he did was he's like, I'm not going to do it like the Sam or the Sam Presti way, which is trying to win every trade as I make it. He's like, man, all I want is cap space. So I'm going to trade even young guys for cap space. He sent TJ Warren to Indiana for cap space for nothing. A starter for nothing. He sent Josh Jackson to Memphis for nothing except money you know space cap space and so he ended up with enough money to sign ricky rubio ricky rubio made the team legit monty yes. williams as a head coach ricky rubio as a point guard made the team legit and back then we were happy with a 34 and 39 record very happy after 10 years of crap so it's fair then in the off season james jones goes yeah but what if we had chris paul <laughs> <laughs> that would be even better so he went and got chris paul of course some of us are like yeah but but, but we love ricky ricky's basketball jesus he's got the hair he's got the <laughs> eyes you fall in love with him when you look at him it doesn't matter what gender you are it's just great uh we all loved ricky but chris paul is the point god and the only question was would he stay healthy and Uh, What would he do after this year? Because this year, after this year, he's got a player option. So he could be a free agent and leave. And then you might have traded two starters for nothing. Well, James Jones said, I don't care. I'm going to roll the dice. I'm going to do it. Puts Chris Paul in. And then the whole time, Monty's been developing Aiden and Bridges and Booker into winners. then Chris Paul comes in here and tells them exactly how to win that game, that day, that play. And it's like a, a match made in heaven. Uh, We could not have scripted it better. Not the most optimistic Suns fan could have put a better uh, plan together with a better result.
0: Yeah, Zach and I were talking on the pod. We were saying the Suns, you know, they have kind of one and a half coaches. They've got Monty Williams, and then they have Chris Paul there to help the younger guys. And it seems like a lot of the younger guys are really taking to accepting his advice and accepting his vision and, and kind of listening to what he has to say.
1: Oh yeah, Deandre Ayton especially. They joke about it now. Uh well, no. The players have been joking about it all year that Deandre Ayton is like that kid that gets yelled at constantly. <laughs> constantly. Like every single play. I mean, down to the little the angle of the screen he's trying to set for Chris Paul on a pick and roll. You can't stand with your feet here. You got to stand with your feet there. Depending on what this guy does, then you move your feet here and then you move your hips there. And he's constantly – yeah, and Chris Paul is a direct speaker. We'll just say that.
2: He doesn't pull any
1: punches. I believe it. Ricky Rubio. <laughs> yeah. see, Ricky Rubio was a good bridge for Aiden because Aiden went for one year of nobody telling him anything to Ricky Rubio going, hey, come on over here. Let me just show you something. I'm going to be really nice to you. I'm going to say it in a nice way, and I'm going to make you smile while I'm saying <laughs> it, and then you're going to – you're going to be better. And Ricky would do that. He would come over and oh, yeah. you know, be really Mr. Nice Guy, and Aiden would do it. Then Chris Paul comes in and uses the same words except like a drill sergeant. <laughs> he's literally, awesome. figuratively slapping you across the face as he's saying it, like the, there's a clip of a, I don't know, a, a basketball coach overseas who just slaps every player at half <laughs> trying to get him. And that's basically Chris Paul, except without the physical actually hits. But man, and Devin Booker would jump on his case, Aiden's case. And so Aiden grew into the player he is now because he took the instruction from those guys, regardless of how they said it. He's like a, he's coachable, just like a really good guy in the military. You take your orders and you just say, thank you. And you don't say, I don't like how you said that to me. (laughs) You don't get away with that in some walks of society. And even though this kid's been making millions of dollars a year, he took it and he figured it out. So Chris Paul is like a, a half a coach out there um he basically monty preps them all to game time and then chris paul executes it during the game and reminds them all the stuff they were told pre-game what to do and when to do it and how to do it and that they if they messed it up what they had to do differently so it's it's i couldn't have scripted anything better than this so
0: dave i mean this team really got shot into the national spotlight after, you know, as you said they were being crap for for a good amount of years but they were shot mm-hmm. into the national spotlight 8 and 0 in the bubble um and people mm-hmm. really started talking about maybe this team could be a lot better than what they actually were and you always you obviously had the people on the other side who said it was a fluke, it was all part of the bubble and in the increased offense. What did you personally believe after seeing them go 8 and 0? What what was your thought process? Were you thinking this could be special team next season. Were you thinking it was a fluke? Did you expect him to have this much uh, of an increase yeah. in play this quickly?
1: We all knew Ricky Rubio had a ceiling. <clears throat> um, we did. I mean, Ricky Rubio's ceiling again, the eight, no bubble. Rubio was the orchestrator in there. He did basically the mini Chris Paul stuff. Devin Booker was already better. He averaged about 30 points a game mm-hmm. in the bubble and he was co-MVP of the bubble and uh, Monty Williams was coach of the bubble because Monty Williams took advantage of basically a second training camp after the COVID, um, uh, the pandemic, um, everyone staying home, the quarantine, basically had a second training camp and said, you know, all that stuff we did during the last season, this past season for 65 games, here's how to do it better. And they all learned. And so they did that. And they took it as a, look, we're not coming down here just to play games in Orlando. We're coming down here to do something important, whether we're going to make the playoffs or not. And so they Mm -hmm. took every game a little bit more seriously than their opponent, every single one, because basically everybody else who went to the bubble either already had their playoff spot pretty much set, or they were just there to warm up the playoff teams. And so the Suns took it more seriously than just about anybody, you know, the iconic, Devin Booker making the game winner over Kawhi Leonard and Paul George outstretch arms. He's got that (laughs) iconic laying out on the, on the court looking down and everyone's uh, projecting that image onto all these different things. He's for memes. The Clippers already knew where they were going to be in the playoffs. They weren't trying as hard in that game. The Suns were. And so the sun, uh, so we always, we didn't think we did not think they'd be undefeated this season. Uh, We thought, 7 to 10 <laughs> seed. As soon as they announced a play-in tournament, I'm like the Suns are in the play-in tournament, guaranteed. With Ricky Rubio running the show, they were going to be a 7 to 10 seed and you could hope they they'd work their way into the playoffs yeah. for the first time in 10 years. That was like, "Oh my god, let's do this." Then they acquire Chris, Chris Paul and I'm like maybe top 4 seed because Chris Paul just did with the Thunder. Mm-hmm. what we right. were hoping, right? Incredible yeah. stuff. He got them a five seed or a four seed. Yeah. And the Suns were better, objectively better. As much as you might love Shea Gilgis Alexander, Devin Booker is yeah. a better today player than him. Absolutely. And then as much as you might like Dennis Schroeder, he's not really a guy who impacts winning, no matter what the Lakers wanted you to believe. And <laughs> um, <laughs> he's a good player. Stephen Adams was getting on the last end. DeAndre Ayton's better than Stephen Adams now. So Chris Paul had a better core with the Suns than he did with the Thunder. And so we're like, top four seed. Sounds good. No one thought top two seed. Not (laughs) realistically. That's pretty awesome.
2: Yes, it is. So on the game one, we saw a great game. First game back and forth in the first half for the most part. Then it kind of got out of hand for Milwaukee. They couldn't really climb back. What did you like from Phoenix in game one, both defensively and offensively?
1: Well, what's great about these Suns son, these is that they've all bought in. Jay Crowder's been a really good addition to them as a veteran. Uh, he has been on playoff teams eight years in a row. He knows what playoff teams act like and what they look like, and and that he's never been a star on a playoff team either, and so he knows what role players need to do. And so what I've been really impressed with with the Suns is that they play, they execute perfectly as well as they can possibly against the the opposing defense offensively. And then defensively, they get after it and they are on a string. And you, anybody who breaks down film of the sun's defense tells you that they all know what the other four guys are doing at all times. And they know if this guy rotates here, I've got to rotate there. No one's left open unless it's like a fifth or sixth or seventh action. You know, so so what you got to look at on on the court is, did, did Chris Paul get the first shot he wanted? Sometimes he does. Usually, though, it's really the third or fourth because the other, the other opposing team's defense does something well. And then what you've got to do is you've got to get him into rotation to have him break down. The Suns are the least likely to break down team in the playoffs, and that's why no matter how hard you try on offense, the Suns are still pretty much there wherever they need to be on defense. And DeAndre Ayton protecting the paint, they all know he's going to roll in there and protect the paint. Well, here's a here's a fun stat, what I think is fun. If you're a DeAndre Ayton fan, you'll like it even more. Okay. He is the best in the playoffs at defending um, – field goal, his defensive field goal percentage, 37.5%. That's great. And that and has he, probably a lot he, to do with uh, Jokic too. Yeah. Well, you know, Jokic, he played against an MVP. Yeah. He played against an MVP. It actually – helped him a little bit to play against Andre Drummond who can't make a layup even with no one defending <laughs> him. But Nikola Jokic, my God, to, to have played Nikola Jokic and then Zubots a lot down down low in the in the last series. Zubots is a high percentage player. That Aiden is still at 37.5% means when he's defending perimeter, they're not making the shots. When he's defending in the mid post, they're not. So that's great. And then the other half of that is he has set a league history mark on field goals made at 70 point six or seventy percent of field goals made. That's crazy. No one with at least a hundred field goals at the field goal attempts in a playoff season has ever gone over sixty two in mm. the history of the NBA. Sixty two percent. No one. And here's DeAndre aden at over seventy percent because Chris Paul feeds him feeds him like a, a baby gets fed baby food. I mean it's just so easy. <laughs> but that also says he doesn't go out of his he doesn't go out of his out of Character. his comfort zone. Mm-hmm. He doesn't go out he doesn't just take random shots. The fact that no player in history has made over sixty two percent of their field goals and he's making seventy shows that he's staying within his role. Um so no he's he's been excellent. So the Suns anyway, Suns defense has been excellent. You asked about the first half of game one they didn't break down when uh, milwaukee tried different things on offense and on defense and then they waited until milwaukee broke down and then as soon as milwaukee broke down (laughs) it was like almost a 20 nothing run it was just like all of a sudden it's a 20 point lead and milwaukee's going what just happened (laughs) (laughs) and that's what the Suns have done they wait for you to break and they don't break themselves
0: yeah, and that was kind of where the next question was going, which was talking about the Bucks' defensive strategy, which we saw them switching on pretty much every screen um, in game one. <laughs> how how would you assess the Bucks' defense on, you know, CP3, on Devin Booker? Why do you not think it really worked very well for them?
1: Uh, well, yeah, so <clears throat> I don't know. You guys have watched the NBA for a long time, and I think at le- all of us at least once have said, if that defensive matchup is working for the offensive team, why aren't they targeting it on every single possession? And in most teams, in most years, you wonder why they don't target somebody more defensively. Chris Paul targets you relentlessly. If yeah. he finds a mismatch he likes, he will target it every single time down the court until you take that player off the court (laughs) rest in peace Bobby
0: Portis
1: (laughs) Bobby Portis also Brooke Lopez Lopez before him yeah yeah neither of those guys played in the fourth quarter because Chris Paul (laughs) tore them up in the third quarter as soon as they and so they had to change their defense a little bit and they actually then even before they pulled Brooke Lopez and, and Bobby Portis out they tried a little bit of drop coverage instead of switching so much even that failed because they dropped too far, and Chris Paul and Jevin Booker still got the mid-range shots they wanted. The team that, played, that mm-hmm. played them better than anybody was the Lakers. The Lakers, what they did is they had the big drop only to the free-throw line, and so neither Booker nor Paul could get their easy shot, and it was close enough to the defense, the guard defense, that they, uh, they could be defended over uh, from behind on top. So that was the best. The Bucs screwed all that up in game one. If they fix that a little bit in game two, they'll be a little bit better off. But basically Chris Paul, just barbecue chicken. That's what he does. There man. You <laughs> he figures it out. And, and I, it gets to the point where I feel bad for the other team because he refuses to stop targeting a mismatch. So your question on Milwaukee, how do they do if they had the athletes like the, uh, all the way up and down that could defend in a switch defense, they'd be fine. The Clippers were pretty much fine. Uh, the Bucs are not pretty much fine. They're stuck with Bryn Forbes. They're stuck with uh, <laughs> Brooke Lopez on each end of the spectrum. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Jeff Teague. Oh, that guy cannot defend in space either anymore. No. So that's the Bucks' problem is they don't have enough guys who can defend in space to do a full heavy switch heavy um, thing against the Suns, at least. It worked against Atlanta, but then Atlanta was without Trey Young at the time. So it, it worked against any team without their best player. So the Suns just <laughs> happened to be healthy.
2: So what did you see throughout the first game that can be successful for the Suns to win these NBA finals?
1: Well, I just think everything I saw in the first game, (laughs) um, (laughs) what's going to happen, what's going to happen is the free throws are going to even out. I mean, it was incredibly one sided to the Suns on the on the foul calls. And that happens when one team is more aggressive than the other. But that'll even out. Um, but then again, Milwaukee isn't going to shoot almost 50% on three-pointers again either, so that'll even out as well. What I like about what the Suns did is, is Chris Paul is just going to attack the mismatch. He's going to figure out the mismatch, and he's going to kill it, and there's nothing Milwaukee can do about the fact that they have Bryn Forbes and Pat Connaughton <laughs> and Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis in their rotation. There's nothing they can do about that. That's what do why I think the how Suns are going to win. Drew, he can only guard so much. That's my thing. Drew's Mm -hmm. a great defender. Giannis, great defender, but there's only two of them. So all you got (laughs) to do is switch away from those guys and end up, those guys end up just being help defenders at best. Mm -hmm. Now what Pat, sorry, Patrick Beverly did in the last round is he is such a dog. He fought through and didn't switch unless he absolutely had to, when he wanted to take a guy down, especially, he was really going after Devin Booker. Um, and he could fight through and stay on the primary ball mm-hmm. handler when he wanted to. So Drew could maybe do a little bit of that, but he's not quite as violent as Patrick Beverly is. And so he, I don't know if he'll break, he'll, he'll, do, he'll be able to do that as well. Um, but that's an option. Pat, Drew Holiday could just decide. He's always going to be on the, on the ball handler and then things will be a little bit different.
0: So if you want to extend the thinking here, three to five years down the road, we obviously don't know what Chris Paul is, is going to be, how much he's going to be involved with the team after this off season or not, but you got Devin Booker, you got Aiton, you have Bridges, you have a pretty good foundation here, a coach that's shown he can coach in very good mm-hmm. NBA games and he can make adjustments. <laughs> well, where do you see this team's next three to five years? What do you see this team's next three to five years being?
1: Uh <clears throat> I see now the, the, the pressure shifts to owner Robert Sarver. So here's the deal. Chris Paul becomes uh, potentially becomes a free agent this summer. He's like he's got one year left on his contract at 44 million. On one hand, you're like, take it. On the other hand, you're Chris Paul and you break down every year, so let's convert that to a three year of something that looks um, not quite 44 a year, but something uh, you know, fairly close, maybe in the 30 million a year range. That's fine campaign is a free agent after the year he's a great backup you can find other backups though that's not that big of a deal the big deal is deandre and mikhail bridges are up for extensions which would kick into two years from now or a full year from now um and aiden has played himself into a supermax, probably. probably wee. yeah dude this guy has been so good i don't know how you can justify not unless he just takes less he just takes yeah. it and it to him. Okay. Um, but uh, <laughs> Sarver might try to do that, but I think Aiden doesn't let that kind of thing get to him. So even if Sarver does try to nickel and dime that super max, um, I don't think that'll affect the relationship with the team. And then Mikkel Bridges, you have to re-sign as well. At that point, you'll have, with Devin Booker, four guys in two years making yeah. $100 million. 110 million between them, four guys. That makes it harder to fill out the roster. But James Jones has shown he can find guys who no one else thought could play really well together. <laughs> he put yeah. this whole roster together on shoestring. So as long as James Jones stays and and Robert Sarver doesn't completely crap the bed on re-signing guys, <laughs> um, the Suns should be contenders for years. Okay. But... Ask me again in, uh, well, three months, months, because that's a short off season, isn't it? Yeah. Ask me again in three months, and I'll know better. Um, If they make Aiden and Bridges wait until the year they become restricted free agents, that's probably bad news.
2: All right. Well, final question, Dave. Fill in the blank for us. The Phoenix Suns will be NBA champions in blank games,
1: and blank will be the finals MVP. No, uh, the Suns, I, I've been calling six games. I really okay. think Milwaukee will do some stuff. They'll have home, they have home court for three of the next five games anyway, I think. And uh, they should get a couple out of this. The Suns have been great on the road all year. They'll win at least one in Milwaukee. Um, so I think it's, I, 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 I'm saying six. I would like it to be five so that they can actually win in front of their home fans. The Suns have closed yeah. out the last three rounds on the road. So they haven't no, actually closed yeah. a series at home yet this year. Okay. So it'd, close, be, it'd nice, be nice, mm-hmm. but I don't want it to go seven just to get that finish it. In... <laughs> so five yeah. or six, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say five or six games. Okay. And the MVP has to be Chris Paul because all the media is yes. going to be is, is constantly the media chooses this and it, they they're kicking themselves for not having predicted the Suns would make the finals. They don't know why the Suns are in the finals. So they have to give credit to Chris Paul because he's the only guy that makes any sense to them. So I really think he'll be the overwhelming finals MVP as long as he okay. stays healthy.
0: It would be nice to see DeAndre Ayton get that, but I think you're actually I would ready. give it to
1: Ayton, <laughs> probably. If he keeps playing the way he is, even Chris Paul says he's the MVP of the team. Yeah. But they'll give it to Chris Paul because of his history.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Well, Dave King, we appreciate you coming on. Where can uh, people find your work? Where can people find you on social media?
1: Yep. Uh, let's see. I am on Twitter at Dave King NBA. Uh, Espo, my co-host on Sun Solar Panel, makes fun of the NBA all the time. I did it <laughs> once because I had a personal account and I wanted to know the difference between them, so I didn't take <laughs> the wrong stuff. Um, and now it's That's just fair. there. Um, so Dave King MBA on Twitter on podcasts on solar panel you can find us on any of your favorite podcast apps uh awesome. and then yep and then uh my website the one I I do most of my work for is brightsideofthesun.com all you got to do is is google brightside and sb nation and you'll find it and uh we that's the biggest biggest sun's blog in the world right there awesome.
0: That yes. that podcast has had to have been a ton of fun to do this this oh,
1: especially yes. even oh, just the playoffs. Yeah. yeah, it's nuts. It's crazy. Last night on our post game after game one, yeah. had a thousand. We do it on YouTube live to start, and then we put it on audio later. Okay. A thousand people were on it, uh, doing watching the podcast as it was recording after the game. Oh, and then we've already had, I think now we're up to 15,000 views of it since then. So I'm pretty happy about that. And it's, it's it. been up since <laughs> less than a day.
0: Wow! People love the Suns.
1: They're their they're the new hip thing. That's yes. it. That's it.
0: Well, Dave, we appreciate you coming on, and uh, we'll you. have to have you on over the off season to preview next yeah. Phoenix Suns season. Yeah,
1: after sure. we know what uh, what they do with the big guys.
2: Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks, guys. Oh yeah, no problem. Take care.
0: All right. Always fun to talk. Suns basketball. Great to have Dave on. And uh, we appreciate him coming on.
2: Yes. All the way from the valley coming on the points in the paint podcast. We definitely appreciate Dave. And make sure you check out all of his work. You make sure you tap in into that point that uh, that podcast as well. And also look at his work. Check out his work with the latest uh, stories on the Phoenix Suns. Great content. And he broke down the game very well.
0: All right, let's see what NBA Twitter is talking about to finish out the podcast. What it do,
2: baby. Yeah.
0: And before we even talk about anything that Twitter is talking about, Zach, yeah. I want to give a shout out. Uh oh. To to Amani uh, Bass95. Yes. Because in the middle of the season this year, we asked listeners to tweet at us. And if you want to continue to tweet at us, you're more than welcome to, with any predictions at any time. We'll mention them on the podcast of at Points Paint is the Twitter handle. And we're on Facebook as well. At Amani Bass, uh, Amani underscore Bass 95, I should say, is his Twitter handle. He said in his bold prediction for the
2: season, Brooklyn doesn't make the
0: conference finals and Giannis makes his first finals.
2: I had to give him some shout out. I'm glad you did that. I'm glad you gave him a shout-out and showed him some love because I told him the other day, I said, I think one of your predictions were correct if not two of them and i think we're gonna make sure we show you some love on the next podcast So i know he's gonna listen and feel good about that
0: that's impressive he, so he called both of them you know and yana's making his first finals i don't think a lot of people thought that would happen especially with the way the bucks and the history of them not making the finals and struggling in the playoffs all of right. that so he believed in budenholzer and maybe maybe we'll have him on for you know, a couple minutes and he can defend Mike Budenholzer and, and talk about how much he loves him for helping make the finals. But honestly, that's an impress that's an impressive prediction with uh, Brooklyn not making the conference finals, Giannis making his first finals. Pretty good, you gotta respect it. Other things NBA Twitter talking about, of course, with Chris Paul, players and fans they are yes. tweeting yes. in droves. Yes. Of oh. yeah, they're showing him love. He was not only did he reach the NBA finals, he won his first game of the NBA finals.
2: And showed out in his first game at the NBA finals. Ooh, 32 and nine, Ben. They were he was sensational. The threes, the MIDI, title to the mid range. It lives forever, Ben. Let me just let you know that one more time. Mid range lives forever, man.
0: Listen, I, I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna argue that, but just because it lives forever doesn't mean it's a it's a great move to do at this point. But unless you're Chris Paul. Who just is, that's his shot. I'm not going to, or Devin, and maybe, maybe Devin at this point. But I, you know, I'm not going to tell Chris Paul to not take mid-range. I think that's a stupid move because that's his move. I'm not, I'm not going to take, I'm going to tell Carmelo Anthony, stop taking mid-range <laughs> jumpers because both those guys are Hall of Famers because of the mid-range jumpers that they made. So some guys, you get the green light to take mid-range jumpers. But if you're a good enough three-point shooter, stop taking the mid-range. Don't do it. <laughs> Analytics say no. The numbers don't add up for that one. Oh, man. But... Maybe the mid-range is back, especially in these playoffs. Um, Twitter compared Giannis's NBA finals block against the Suns to LeBron James against the Warriors in 2016, one of the most famous blocks in the history of the NBA, to <laughs> a good game and fun block a game,
2: in game one a, a game of the finals. One, you're losing. The game's not on the line. Good <laughs> you know, block. What's they, going on? Yeah, it was a little excessive, if I, if I may add. It was definitely a little excessive. Great block, though. And if you saw the video side by side, it was definitely uh, comparable. It definitely looked similar. It, well, yeah, However, it was chase the, down stakes, yeah, the stakes were not at all close. <laughs> no,
0: they're not even by a little bit, even though it was the finals <laughs> game. Not even by a little bit. But Twitter does love to uh, have a lot of fun with that. So you're always going to get the comparisons.
2: Uh, Jimmy Kimmel min- mean tweets going on on Twitter? Do you ever see those, like, do you ever watch, like, those, man, those things a are bit. hilarious. little bit. They said that uh, John Morant could only lift the bar. <laughs> oh, yeah. They said they call Shaq, oh, no. Shaquille never miss a meal. That took me out. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: that's really good. I, that's, I like that. I respect so, that.
2: Yeah, so if you ever get an opportunity, listeners, go ahead and check out those mean tweets from the NBA. Blake Griffin has been on there, I think, at least three times. And his the mean tweets he's received is hilarious. The odds it's, it's hilarious. And you get to see what players have a good sense of humor about
0: it, or at least are, are seem like fun guys if they're getting made fun of, because some people will take it seriously. Yeah. And that's always kind of funny to watch. But some other, Blake Griffin just he loves it. <laughs> I think Don't. I think he loves people tweeting mean, stupid stuff at him.
2: Dwight Howard, they called him a rapper. They said he, they said he looks like a rapper that's selling out, that's standing outside of the gas station trying to sell you his mixtape. <laughs> oh my God. He really does. <laughs> oh, man. So yeah, man, it was just a great, great week of uh, basketball. As we obviously know, this game one It's gonna be a great week. Great last week, cause it's all this is the last thing, man. It like, is. We're so left. <laughs> but. That's, that's going con- to conclude this edition, buddy, of the Points in the Paint podcast. We appreciate everyone for listening. Tell your friends, tell your friends, friends, and family to subscribe and rate us five stars. Never give us four stars. You'd be hating if you do that. But make sure you go ahead and subscribe. You follow Trash and Treasure with Eddie and Felder also. And if you want to make some money, Tell them how they can make some money, Ben. I want you to tell them how they can make some money. Subscribe to the Sharp Lessons Podcast.
0: Tuesday, Thursday, coming out every week, giving you best bets, bringing on guests. We got Julian Edlow coming on on Thursday from DraftKings to give us his bets for game two. I like it. So we got got some fun stuff coming up, and then we obviously got football season around the corner, Zach. So we're going to have some fun bets. We're going to have futures. We're gonna make people some money. We're excited yes. about it. So subscribe to Sharp Lessons, Apple, Spotify, Stitch, wherever you get the podcasts. Just go to Sharp Lessons and subscribe. Yes,
2: yes, absolutely. You gotta make you some money this upcoming football season, and the only way you can do that is with Sharp Lessons. And that's gonna conclude this edition of the Points in the Pain podcast. Make sure you follow Stadium on Twitter. Make sure you follow Shams for all of your news around the NBA, around the association, and you will hear from us next week.